ahead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. And, see, we had a game last night. It was kind of fun. There was only uh, three of us in the, D- the GM. And we just, you know, bumbled around the temple for a bit. We got caught by some monsters, but defeated them. So, it was fun. You know, that's kind of, I don't mind doing it with a few people. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes the groups get that way, you know. I wouldn't play with more than two people, though. Even that's challenging. But we had three, so... Have you ever, well, I don't want to get into that one, but I was thinking about house rules today, and I wanted to talk about how you, you come about, or not come about, how you, how you deal with your house rules. That's a fair enough way to say it. I only have a few house rules. I sort of overlay onto every game I do. And, and usually these games are class and level D&D type games. And, but other games, I'm sure there's, there's certain things that, you know, I like to do, like, you know, no evil characters, things like that. That's pretty broad right there. Uh, something a little more specific is how you roll up your stats. 46, drop the lowest, put them where you want. That's me. Always has been, always will be. I finally wrote these down just so I can remember because sometimes it's, you remember when it happens and the incident comes up. You can't, you know, if you don't write them down. So there's that too. There's also, you know, things like how you run combat or how healing works or, or, or dings like that. No, that's my phone. <laughs> and, you know, it's, 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 it behooves you to write them down. Let me, first of all, let me say that. So, just so I don't mislead you. Anyway, I'm going to give this a bit of a think, and I'll be right back. Okay. So, so you have house rules. Sometimes people have quite a few house rules. Usually people who have played the same game or games for a long time, they will come up with like five pages of house rules or three pages or whatever. And... I don't discourage that. The reason I brought this up is because I recently, my Swords and Wizardry game kind of fell apart because we had trouble getting people together and things like that. But I did stay in touch with the players. So there are only three players. Specifically, this one friend of mine, Daniel. And he, I got him all hyped up on Swords and Wizardry complete. He likes that. And he said, I came up with my own rule set, how I want to run the rules. Would you read this? Would you would you look it over? I said, sure. And I looked at him, and he said, how, what do you think? And I said, well, it's mostly just your house rules. I said, oh, well, yeah, I need to work on them. He said, well, I'm not, I'm not discouraging you. House rules are good. House rules sometimes lead to other role-playing games. I can't. Think of how many times I've seen, well, this became house rules for X game, so I ended up do, redoing the house rules and adding stuff and came up with Y game. So I don't discourage that at all. 
as long as your house rules are consistent. I mean, there's always going to be some that would be as, you know, GM discretion. I'm always a favor. You know, I'm always for that because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to shut down players. I don't like shutting down players unless they do something absolutely I cannot hang with. You know what I'm saying? So there are some things like, usually to me it revolves around races and classes. Now, I came out of first and second edition. And so I did go through, you know, I lived through the splat books and what you can and cannot play. And believe me, I was pretty draconian about the kits. To the point where now I play 2E, I might as well be playing 1E because I strip everything out of it. That's why I tend to grab my 1E books instead. If I want clarification, I'll grab my 2E books. It's just, you know, I, it's just, it's easier without all these like proficiencies and feats and things like that getting in the way. I feel like once you open the door to that, like the proficiencies and feats and stuff, then it's like a floodgate that's opens. Then this is the way it used to be anyway in 2E. Uh, you know, can I play this kit from this splat book? Well, I don't have that splat book, so I get that splat book. And I look it over, I say, okay. And then another guy, can I play a kit from this splat book? And I may or may not, hey, I, okay. And next thing I know, everybody wants to play these fancy dancy classes. And it, sometimes it affects game balance. Some of you game masters probably know that. And I got to the point where I got sick of them. I still have all the splat books. I like to look at them for inspiration and just for amusement every once in a while. But I'm very particular. See, I, I strip out all that stuff. I'm not going to say no kits. I may say no proficiencies or, or feats. But as far as kits go... I'm still kind of, I would rather you not, but if you have a character concept that won't work any other way, let me look at the kit. And we can do that, and I will just treat whatever proficiencies and feats there are as class feats, as class class skills, you know, like in 1E. And we'll just treat them that way and and be exclusive to you. Uh, for the time being, because I know I've come up with character concepts before. I came up with a character concept that I there was a kit for in the complete book of Necromancers, which I did not have, so I just sort of like jerry-rigged it. And it was uh, a Necromancer who was a healer. Um, I can't remember the name of the kit in the Necromancer, but it's one of those... It's kind of a Dr. Frankenstein type. He's He's fascinated by death and fascinated by anatomy he's an anatomist that's it the anatomist and i didn't find out until much later after i got the book when i started to take his hammer i got the book and it's like oh wow i played this like 10 years ago i could have played you know if i if i had known that i would have played this instead but you know that's how it happened so i understand the the kit thing because to me kits and prestige classes and other things like that are just to me it's in reserve it's if you have, I'll work with you, but if you have to, if you have to have this character concept and we find a kit that fits, we'll try it out. We'll use it. I will keep an eye on you and expect you to play it the way it's supposed to be played. 
but you know you might have to throw the character out if it if it affects it affects gameplay no when where you know because everybody has to have fun not just you and that includes me too i have to have fun we all have to have fun not just you you know if you're going to be a deus ex machina all the time or just pull, throw half the plot out the window that i did i mean i'm you know i'm good at thinking on my feet you know if they if if characters come up with stuff that get me I will roll with it and fix it later. If somebody comes up with a power or combination or or maneuver or whatever that totally decimates the big bad, I'll roll with it. Okay, fine. You do this, he's gone. He dis- I will I will figure out a way for him to, you know, either he meets his demise or he gets away. And if he meets his demise, I will I will I will fix it. I will I will roll with it and just fix it. That's my job. That's the DM the GM's job. I did that with the uh, Mutant Mutant Future. They killed the main bad guy, but they still had to deal with his minions. So I didn't make it easy for him. I mean they they killed the main the 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 doctor, the main bad guy in the compound, like in the middle of the in the middle of the scenario. And they're looking at me going well, what do we do now? And I said, well, you're going to have to get out of there. And you're going to have to fight the fanatically loyal minions of this guy. And they did. We had, they had an exciting, they had an exciting swamp chase in a swamp, in a swamp buggy in one of those uh, swamp boats with the big fan in the back. You know, and they were trying to outrun the, the doctor's minions in jet boats. And, I did, you know, I just, I pulled, I stretched that out for as long as I could. And they all had a lot of fun. You know, they had, he had jet boats hidden and the waterways at certain points in the swamp where he figured they would go because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a well-traveled area of this, this, this uh, kind of river type thing. And so it's like, yeah, they would bomb, they would bomb the, uh, they would get the, the minions but then around the corner, there's another one lying in wait for him to chase. And I did that like three or four times, and they had fun. I thought they finally got them all. But they, we were having fun. So that's a case of where they came up with the characters. And believe me, if you're playing post-apocalyptic, you got it tough in spades because of those mutant powers. I don't ever. I never thought that Gamma World was that balanced and. Mutant Future is the same way. I think it's hard to balance a post-apocalyptic game if you're going to allow mutations. Because everybody wants to play some kind of mutant. They don't want to play a regular human. And they can roll up some god-awful powers. But all they can do is go over the mutant powers list and just start, okay, not this, not this, not this, beforehand. And frankly, I would probably take the book now and go through it and just make my own table of physical and mental mutations and just do it that use that list instead something a little more manual especially if you're doing like me and playing in a convention game so anyway as far as house that's those are house rules that's that's a form of house rules so like i said you, you go ahead and write up your house rules try to make them consistent and who knows someday you may make your own role-playing game out of them or something who knows Anyway, I'm going to go start my day. So, uh, if you want to talk to me about this or anything, uh, smokestackjones at gmail.com or you can get a hold of me at 
uh, drop an email, drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're funded, so little as 99 cents a month. You too can support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel. And don't forget, Marcus, Mark Seawall rings the yawning owlbear. And thank you again, guys. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.